Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Simply Walk the Talk. I am your host, Josh Harland, and today I am coming to you live. I guess it is live. It's live for my guest and I, uh, but I'm coming to you live from lovely Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a West Coastener <laughs> and I'm bi Coastener, bi Coastum. Coastalner. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, this is like this is the first episode that I'm recording from my my new digs, my new flat here in uh, the hills. I'm in Beverly Hills, and I have today with me Patrick De Nicola, and uh, Patrick is a good buddy of mine. We um, we met each other several months ago, well before the quarantine, before the pandemic situation we're all faced with. Um, we met in New York and uh, I actually forget, we can probably dive into that, but I forget exactly how we met and I guess it really doesn't matter. But once we did meet, I realized that, you know, Patrick is a performance sleep coach and I love speaking to people who, who take a lot of time diving into performance optimization and, and when it involves sleep and recovery, as many of you know, I'm a big fan of that. So this is probably one of the most long-winded intros ever, but everyone, please help me welcome Patrick D. Nicola to the show. Hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for the intro. I appreciate it. How's it going? Man, I'm, I'm well. I, I have to say um, it's good to finally get you on the, on the show. I know we've, we've done some things together in the past, and we had talked about getting you on the show many times. And as luck would have it or unluck would have it, we, we're just now finally doing that. But it is what it is. And you're in New York right now, right? In Staten Island? Or yeah, Staten, Staten Island? Island. Yeah. Great view of the, of the Hudson. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to get you on. I, I know people are probably wondering, like, okay, what is a performance sleep coach? Like, what does that mean? Because, quite frankly, before we started recording – I recall trying to figure out like a good way to intro you because I don't see you as just a performance sleep coach. I see you as a, uh, a, a well-known expert in all things sleep and also you're a trainer and you know, you, you are much deeper than uh, someone who just focuses on sleep, you know? So you definitely fit the, the mold for the type of people I like to have on the show. So let's, maybe dive into a bit more about what you do. And I know that's kind of a challenge you've been faced with lately, trying to explain what it is you do to people. But let's, let's take that opportunity now to let people know who you are, what you do, so that we can continue this, this effort. Yeah, so I branded myself as a, as a sleep expert, performance sleep coach, because I saw this need to kind of get back to the basics when it comes to improving our overall performance and cognitive function and just to heal the body and heal the mind. We, um, you know, we have all of this technology, all of this advancement in Western science, and yet we are suffering. A lot of us are suffering on a lot of different, in a lot of different areas. I mean, one in two men will be diagnosed with cancer. There's two of us here. Obviously, we're not on the same spectrum. We're, pr we're pretty healthy individuals. We take care of ourselves. So, you know, we're crossing our fingers that neither of us gets diagnosed. But still, you know, that's a staggering statistic. 
And so we have all these chronic illnesses in the Western world. And what is a focal point for what is leading to a lot of these illnesses is our, our sleep. Our sleep is suffering. And we can have all of the technology and all of the hacking and all of this um, to help us improve our sleep. But there's also this kind of getting back to the basics that I think is important. And so that's what I like to bring to, uh, to my clients. So, um, it's sleep coaching, but we're focusing on moving the body. We're focusing on how you're breathing. We're focusing on how much toxins you have in the body, teaching you how to detoxify and cleanse, upregulate the energy, but also downregulate the energy. And the downregulating of the energy is what has been sort of overlooked. And so that's kind of why I call myself a sleep coach is because I teach people that. Now, this is, this is a good segue, a, a good part to kind of dive into because when I think of a sleep coach, I can imagine, or at least before I got to know what a, a sleep coach would be, uh, I kind of am acting as the lay person right now. But, you know, what does that look like? Like, you know, I can think of a basketball coach. I can think of a baseball coach. I can see, you know, even a trainer who's known as a, as a, a fitness coach. There's a lot of tangible components. Does a sleep coach, like, do you literally go to sleep with your clients and say, stop <laughs> moving and, like, this is not how you sleep properly? Like, what does that look like, man? Like, yeah, break it down for me. So, so yeah, so uh, for each person, it's, it's different. Um, you know, there's the low-hanging fruit. So if someone isn't physical, isn't doing any exercise, isn't drinking enough water, doing the most basic stuff, then that's going to be a lot of what we focus on because that is what's the source of a lot of issues. If you're an in, you struggle with insomnia or depression or these things that anxiety or too much creativeness, which is a thing like too much creativity. So you can't relax and fall asleep. So if that's something that you struggle with, um, and you're not doing any physical activity, then we're going to do that. We're going to get your body moving. We're going to get the fluid moving in the body because that's what's going to create just such a drastic change and create the right uh, hormone conditions um, to create a better sleep. And so it's all about setting up the right environment to maximize the sleep that you're getting. So what's different than maybe, you know, if you go to a sleep scientist or a sleep researcher or a sleep doctor is that I'm not going to ask you to, if you're only getting six hours of sleep, I'm not going to ask you to start getting nine hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep because it's not as simple as that. We want to make sure that the sleep that you're getting is maximized. So let's implement things and techniques and ways to get you to sleep faster than what nor than what it normally takes so normally it takes people about 30 minutes to fall asleep 30 to 45 minutes to fall asleep wow. well when you're done working with me it's five minutes so that is a huge huge return just on the extra 30 40 minutes of little bit of extra sleep that you're getting 
because of the compounded effects of sleep when you get into those states. So yeah, kind of to nutshell it, it's, uh, it's teaching people how to reduce their cognitive energy output when you don't need it so that you can be more centered and be more present and fall asleep more easily. I really like the term you use, low-hanging fruit, and, and also um, optimizing the environment because this is a thing that a lot of people kind of feel like, look, it's sleep, man. Like, you know, we, uh, I sleep every night. I may not sleep the best, but like, come on, dude, it's sleep, right? Or I sleep when I die. I'm sure we've all kind of had those moments of, you know, I'll sleep when I die. And I've talked about this before. In fact, everything you're saying is interesting because it sounds to me like you do a lot of what I do, which is health coaching. And your your emphasis sounds like it's focusing on improving sleep. But at the end of the day, if you're talking about cognition and downregulation of hormones and, and energy and, you know, mental activeness and things like that, like you really are touching on what health coaches t- touch on. So I think that's really fascinating. What what do you find to be, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to kind of go down different paths, but when it comes to trying to explain that to a person, right? Let's say there's a person that's about to become a client of yours or a person that you um, hope to become a client. Like what is usually your first session look like or your assessment or the first meeting? What does it look like? So, yeah, the first, the first meeting is uh, really to just gauge – what are those, um, because all of us struggle to, to have that let go. All of us have some form, some scale of de- disconnecting from our external environment and connecting with our internal environment. So even if you are meditating, even if you're doing yoga and practicing breath work and in the biohacking industry and physically working out, there is still um, a level of cognitive focus and energy that is going on in the, in the brain that not most of us aren't aware of to learn how to bring that energy down. And so when I am first assessing and I guess you could say, um, uh, finding if a potential client is someone that I wish to work with and is a good fit for my program. I'm constantly trying to connect with how their minds are working as they're getting into bed and what thoughts and emotions and feelings they're connecting to as they're drifting off to sleep because a lot of us are either one anxious and regretful or even uh, looking for insight by replaying the past. Mm. So existing in the, in the past and we're doing this because so what I've found is So the people that are looking towards the past are the ones who aren't feeling fulfilled in the moment. And so they're not fulfilled in the moment. So they're looking for the lessons that they can learn from to 
then implement in the future to be more fulfilled, but they're doing it in bed as they're trying to fall asleep. And mm. so the reason why they're doing it in bed is because of the societal structures that we have. So for example, you wake up at six or seven, let's say you work a nine to five and you go to work and you work your whole day. And so you're behind the computer or, um, even if you're not behind the computer, you're, you're focused on a few things throughout the day and then you get done with your work day. And what do you seek to do? Well, some people have a decent habit of maybe going to the gym and working off that stress, which is a good habit or they go hang out and do happy hour or they go to the bar with the boys and watch a game or they go home and they see their wife and kids or see their husband and kids or see their husband or better half and they make dinner and they chat and they connect, but, and then they watch a movie, right? So all of those things, that's the majority of what people are doing when they get done with their work day. All of those things are distracting. All of those things are taking your focus from work and now shifting your focus to something else. But none of those things are reflective in nature. None of those things have you connect with what you just did from the day and what are the lessons from the day. And so because you're not doing that in a intentional state, the mind needs to do that. The mind is always looking for shortcuts and always looking for lessons and always looking to implement those things. And so if you go from work, 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 work to distract, 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 the brain and the mind don't have the time to do that reflective piece to try and find the lessons. And so then when you're finally quiet, when the lights are off and you're laying in bed, now your brain has the silence. And so now it will go into that reflective piece. And that's why it takes you 30 to 45 minutes to fall asleep is because now you're stuck in this reflective, reactive mode. And it takes you a while to get out of that sort of internal dialogue that you have going on and fall asleep. And then there's another version of that where it's instead of reflective and looking in the past, it's the opposite. It's you're insightful and you're looking towards the future. And so this is what gets the creative people. And this is what holds them, holds their attention as they're trying to uh, get to bed is that now they'll have a new marketing strategy. And so then they have to wake up and write down the new marketing strategy or they get moved to the, do this art piece or to write this song or, uh, you know, maybe it's a, like a basketball coach or something like that. And so they wake up and they're like, oh, this is a great new defensive play or whatever. And, but that's interrupting their ability to fall asleep. And so these, even though they're two completely different modes, it's very much the same answer. And that is to give yourself the time to reflect on your day and look towards the future every day intentionally at a time before it's too late, before you're trying to go to bed. Do it hours before that. So then you you have that time to do that and then your brain doesn't want to do that by sort of instinct. 
that's very fascinating, and I, and I like the way you you broke that down because I I could I could feel myself saying, well, you know, there, I'm I feel like I'm a great sleeper uh, because I'm able to track certain things, and I and I know a lot of what you're talking about. But there are times when I do wake up and I'm like, oh wow, this is a great idea. I got to write this down. I, I may take off my sleep mask or I take off my sleep tape or do something, write it down and then go back to sleep. But I think it sounds like what you're drawing drawing out is at least there's a difference between the repetitive and the chronic doing of that, right? Mm-hmm. Versus it being sporadic or every once in a while. Because, you know, it's nice to be inspired in the middle of the night because of something that, you know, you, you feel like is going to be transformative. I love those moments. But at the same time, I, I mean, this is, we're probably talking once a, once a month or once every other month or right. something like that, that these, these things happen. Um, so, okay, that's, that's a really good starting point, at least for the person that's listening right now who, who's maybe considered working with a sleep coach. Okay, so you, you find somebody like you, Patrick, that helps to show them, make them more aware of their sleep environment and the way that their mind is working. I love how you said you know, instead of having that time to just randomly happen in the middle of, of your sleep, you create this space. So it sounds like you find some time to, if you want to call it meditate or find times to, to kind of go, okay, I want to think about things now instead of tonight. Um, what are some other strategies that you find to be helpful? And again, we're talking about the person who has never worked with a sleep coach, who has never even understood what that means. What are some other things that, that you kind of pull out? So, you know, it's really crazy. Um, very recently I've sort of, uh, realized the, the, the best way to sort of describe this. And so, um, we have a lot of these practices now in the biohacking community that come from wisdom traditions, you know, like the breath work and the meditation and, and the moving of the body and things like that. And especially, you know, lymphatic massages. And even when you go into, you know, getting massages and, and acupressure and, and the mats that have the acupressure and, and some of the, even the technology is taking some of the knowledge from those wisdom traditions and creating the technology that taps into that. And, so when you look back on the wisdom traditions and you look back on a system like yoga or Tai Chi and those things were, those were developed practices that were built during a time where 99% of people were laborers. And so they were people that were working with their hands and their bodies. And so they were very physical human beings, very physical and very in touch with their, with their ground, with their center. And so the yoga or the breath work or the meditation or the, uh, or the Tai Chi was developed to teach them how to open up the energy pathways in the body and learn how to be still and focused and present and, and to learn how to meditate for hours and hours, mm. right? Because just the everyday layman couldn't do that. And so they developed a program to help people learn how to do that so that now they could take their energies from the physical and bring them into the higher brainwave states of thinking. So people became, could become smarter 
And then, you know, ultimately it's a spiritual goal in yoga and, and, and Tai Chi, right? So spiritual evolution. And so the goal is to kind of learn how to liberate that energy out of the body. Well, in today's world, because of our modernization and because of the way we work and because of uh, other things that I will touch on, um, we have sort of created a system that has parts of those principles built in. Like, for example, being still. Well, what is being still? We're, our entire academic life from age six to 20-something or maybe 18 for some, you are sitting in a desk for an hour straight. You get a little five-minute break in between classes, and then you're sitting in a desk for an hour straight. So learning how to be still is not something we need to learn. We know how to do that. Learning how to sit in front of a computer for eight or 10 hours. I mean, that's, we don't need to learn how to do that. And learning how to access those higher conscious mental states is built into our society because that's what's required of our, of our programming of our systems. We need people who can sit behind a computer for eight hours a day. So, so this is what has been my, my, uh, sort of challenge, or I guess my, my call to action is that, so now it's, uh, so in the past, yogis and healers and, and these people, uh, they would help people liberate the energy up. And now it's almost, I do the opposite is I teach people how to bring the energy down so that they can liberate the energy up if that's what their ultimate goal is, if they want to tap into their creativity and they're very, uh, you know, they're a stockbroker or someone who's uh, very um, logical thinking and you want to access your creativity. Well, you got to learn how to bring your energy down into the body. So then you can liberate the energy out and access those creative portions of the brain. So it's really, um, so for people who are having those anxious thoughts, either of the future, impending future, bills, stress, yada, 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 or reflective, and that's what you're doing as you're going to bed, um, obviously, you know, having a meditation practice helps. Having a breathing practice helps. Setting up the environment so there's not as many distracting colors helps. Having the room cool helps. All of these things help. Darkness helps. Right. All of these things that are in the books, that are in the sleep books, that are in the on the podcasts and out there in the in the world. But one thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is a very simple practice of going outside, putting your feet in the grass and grounding. And what that does is that, you know, humans uh, evolved with the earth for hundreds of thousands of years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, touching the earth. And only in the past 120 years, ever since the invention of rubber, did that no longer happen. As soon as rubber was invented, we put them in our shoes, we put them on our, on our modes of transportation, they went into the foundations of buildings, we started insulating the buildings and... Uh, and the office buildings and the homes from that electrical 
connection that we have to the earth. And so because of that, it made us less attached to our center, to our ground. And so that's one of the first things that I have people do is, is start grounding every day, just five minutes, 10 minutes before you go to bed, an hour before bed, go outside, ground, touch a tree. If you can't put your feet in the ground, walk in the ocean, in a lake, in a river. If you have a, if you only have a pool, put your feet in the pool. It helps. It's not as good, but it helps. Um, different ways of grounding, even taking a shower is somewhat grounding. So if that's the best option, you know, take a little shower before you go to bed. Not even, you don't even have to wash yourself. Just let the water run on you. And the body knows and the earth knows what the body needs. It's a symbiotic relationship. So if you do it in the morning, it's going to help you liberate that energy. Like what, what I was speaking of earlier, it's going to help the energy lift. But if you do it at night, it's going to help you bring that energy down, which is going to dissipate all this nonsense going in your mind and allow for you to enter into a sleep cycle a lot easier. Well said, man. <laughs> you're, you're spot on. And I think a lot of the people that listen to this show are like, yep, yep, we've, we've heard of this, we've heard of that. But I think the way you break it down and the way you break it down to, to help people understand why it's necessary is very helpful. So thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> the, the question that comes to mind for me with you, which I almost think about this question for every person I talk to, I like to understand people's stories and how they got to where they are. So being that you just explained how we all are kind of, uh, <laughs> we were brought into this world at a disadvantage, so to speak, you know, from from uh, almost immediately being insulated everywhere we go. How did you learn all of this stuff? How did you become uh, an expert on sleep? Were you someone that struggled with sleep and then you found ways to improve yours and then that's what you teach from? Or did you, you know, is this something that you uh, learned from your parents or from a, a, a mentor or something? But how did you get to your path? Yeah, it was I, the initial push was uh, because I got sick, my adrenals became severely fatigued, which need, I started needing 10, 12 hours of sleep and I was waking up exhausted. And um, and so it was my own healing journey and trying to figure out the best way to heal myself and reading all the books and looking into the research and interviewing different doctors that had sleep specialty backgrounds and sleep studies and going through my own sleep study and realizing that I didn't have sleep apnea and all these different things and just educating myself on the science for my own healing purposes and then connecting the dots with all of that, with these wisdom traditions, with the nutrition, with the biohacking, with the energetics of the body, because you know, in the Western world, in the in Western uh, medical field, you know, we look at the body as a as a biochemical process, and um, that's a disservice because we are biochemical. Of course, there's chem constant chemical reactions going on within the body, and it is because of chemistry that we exist in the way that we exist. But we are also bio bioelectrical, mm -hmm. being that we have an electrical circuitry within the body. And then, and then, you know, however deep you want to continue to go into that, we're also bioenergetic. 
And so what does that mean? Well, that means when you look at an atom, when you look at the smallest thing that builds the chemical compounds that we're created from, when you zoom into the atom and then you blow it up to something that you can quantify, uh, you have, you know, a football stadium and in the middle of the football stadium is a pinhead, a nail head. And that pin is the nucleus, which has protons and neutrons. And then one single oxygen molecule in that entire stadium is an electron, represents one electron. So you can't see oxygen. So it's, it's even unquantifiable in that sense. You have to, if you want to see the electron, you have to blow it up even more. Right. So, mm-hmm. and. It's just whizzing by, whizzing by, and then the entire stadium is what is known as empty space. And now we know that that's not actually empty space, that that is just pure potential energy. So 99.99% of what creates us, what we are created from, is pure potential energy. If we had the ability to access atomic energy in that way, we could take something the size of a fingernail and use the potential energy in the size of a fingernail to power the entire city of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. That's how much potential energy you have in your fingernail. That if we knew how to harness this, we could make enough energy for the entire city of Manhattan. It's just crazy to think about. And so this is what... We need, we, this is what we need to start realizing is that we are just energetic beings. And, uh, and then that gives you a lot more understanding of, of why you think the thoughts you think and why your business isn't exploding the way you think it is and why you're stuck in the same dead end job. And I mean, it's, you know, it, it goes out into the macro and, you know, that's why you keep having the same boyfriend or the same girlfriend and, you know, you keep feeling like you're stuck in the same rut and it's because the energy hasn't moved. You're still in the same energy. It's still in the same frequency. And, and that's a whole another discussion. But I just thought it was sort of pertinent to what we're talking about, you know, why people reach plateaus and why they hit limits and can't see beyond it. And it's and it's because we're not aware of the energy that we hold and the power that we hold within, within the body. It's really interesting that um, uh, you bring up the discussion about the size of, of, of you know, particles or, you know, electrons or whatever, because uh, my buddy Salim Najjar, um, he, he put me on to Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. And in his book, um, he like Salim always likes to talk about this phenomenon in which they tried to isolate uh, a cell. And they tried to show kind of what you just explained and that that the majority of a cell is empty space. Um, And it was wasn't until a person focused on looking at the electrons that it became visible under the microscope. Mm -hmm. And that I thought was very, very interesting because there there's there's this other book that I love called um, The Wisdom of Our Cells by um, I forget Bruce Lipton. Yeah, so mm. Bruce Lipton wrote a wonderful book that basically shows from a very, very scientific level just how powerful our beliefs are, our perception is. And 
you know, we could we could consider that to be very esoteric, which is fine. But at the end of the day, like a lot of what we do in the world of healing and in the world of of sleep and nutrition and things like that, like even from a nutritional perspective, right? You can think that, oh, you know what? This burger is not healthy for me. And you eat it and you think it, it's going to be true, right? Yeah. Now, you could try all you want to also say this burger is going to be healthy for me. And it may not truly be healthy for you, but it would be far better for you than it would be if you thought the opposite. Yeah. Um, and so that is also very, very powerful. Um, you know, and so going back to what you were talking about earlier about how you think about, you know, setting time aside to think about the reflections, right? And to think about how to improve. Well, if you're constantly beating yourself up, like I should have done this, I should have done that, then you now are doing what you did when you were thinking about the burger being unhealthy is you're creating this environment to make yourself be a quote unquote loser, Right. So think of yourself as a winner. Find the time to to think about this throughout your day so that you are set up to really, really crush life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. And it's I mean, the what you spoke on in nutrition. I mean, there is literally science that has shown that over time you can have someone who's eating shitty versus and than thinking that they're eating shitty versus someone who's eating shitty, but thinking that they're not eating shitty. And there's actually a difference in how the body metabolizes the quote unquote shitty food. Uh, it's known as conscious intuitive eating. And so, you know, what you think about the food that you in, in that you intake really, really dictates how your body absorbs it and, and uses the nutrients. So, Anytime you do fall off the wagon, you know, let's say you're, you know, strict vegan or whatever, and you want to have a burger. Um, if you resent yourself for that burger and you berate yourself, you are, that burger is going to just harm the crap out of your body. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go, listen, I'm, I'm plant-based mostly, but I just, I'm, I'm craving this and my body needs it, something about it. And so I'm honoring myself and I'm gifting this to my, to myself and to my body because I have earned this and I deserve this. Um, it's going to have a completely different effect. Working with you about all of this stuff helps remind me even to just continue doing what I'm doing, you know, and, mm. and, and I want to try to elevate your presence as much as I can, at least through, through my, um, my following so that people have an opportunity to, to talk with people. Because, you know, let, let's face it, I could put out all kinds of research and say what I do and this and that, but until it relates to a specific person, they may not really, really think about it. But here we are talking about something as simple as thinking about the food you eat being healthy, and that could potentially be healthier for you, then really we should all be kind of reformulating how we think about life. Right. Like if we if we think that this this uh, pandemic is affecting us in a negative way, then what do you think it's what, what do you think is going to be the, the, the outcome? It is going to affect you right now. Obviously, when you're forced to, to wear masks outside and and, you know, we we are sort of forced to not be able to connect with people physically. We have to social distance. I mean, there is a there is an impact there. But 
how do we mitigate the impact? And, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's so interesting that we even go down that level when I'm talking to someone who's, who's, who's labeled or known as a, as a sleep expert, but all of this makes sense. And I hope that's what people walk away or, you know, leave this podcast, this episode with, with understanding of like, you know what, there's so much more to health and wellness than just exercise and what you eat, you know? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is, this is really fascinating. What are, what are some myths or, you know, I know you kind of touched on a few things, um, uh, kind of uh, along these lines, but like, what are some common myths or some common questions you get that you're kind of like, wow, really? Like people still think like this? Like what are, what are some of those situations? Well, I would say that, um, people still think that it's all about quantity when it comes to sleep, like hours spent sleeping. And that is, that is not true, um, at all (laughs) because whether or not you're getting five hours of sleep or nine hours of sleep, you know, and we all know this, there are times where we get four hours of sleep and we wake up feeling great. And then there's times where we get eight plus hours of sleep and we wake up feeling like crap and groggy. So if it was all about quantity and not about quality, and if, if there was no cycle and no rhythm and no, and, and nothing else going on, if it was just about those few, few isolated metrics, then anyone who got four hours of sleep would never wake up feeling great. Yeah. And, and everyone who got eight to nine hours of sleep would wake up every time feeling fantastic, but it's not that simple. And, uh, it's the quality of the sleep that you're getting during the time you're asleep. Um, and you know, what you do with the, with the breath, the, with the mouth tape and, and the eye pillow, you know, those things, those are just creating more conditions to create greater depths of sleep and, and more and greater levels of restoration. You're cutting out the possible uh, issues that people could be facing like dry mouth and breathing through the mouth and uh, not breathing through the nose and snoring and sleep apnea and too much light coming in from whatever direction, a uh, car crushed, you know, crossing the street and you're in a low level house or whatever, all of the different, you have a roommate, they turn the light on you, you know, you live in a studio with a significant other, she's going to the bathroom, turns the light on. And even though you can sleep through it, the body is still receiving those signals. The eyes are still receiving those signals. So, you know, keeping the eyes, having, having an eye pillow is really helpful for that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's let's change it from, uh, quantity to quality. Like how, how are you sleeping during the hours of your sleeping? And, uh, and also I think that people, um, now that we have all of these sleep apps and sleep tracking devices and things like that, I think people allow that to dictate how they feel too often. Cause I've had a few clients where they got seven and a half hours of sleep and statistically they they got really, they got terrible sleep, like because they didn't get enough REM and they didn't get enough deep sleep. And I was like, well, how'd you feel when you woke up? And like, I felt pretty good. And then I looked at my sleep results. And it's like, okay, so what, what about that is causing you to change your perception on it? So I really like to have people 
check in with how they feel on their sleep before they have some exterior observer tell them how their sleep was. Because ultimately, you're going to know more than a sleep app or more than a whoop band or a, a aura ring. You know, those things are helpful. Um, but let's not let those things dictate um, our perceptions. Let's- That's a beautifully put, and thanks for bringing that up. Um, I, I, there's a couple questions that, that come to mind, but I'm, I'm like you. I, I feel the same. I, I do wear some of these, these, uh, these health tech wearables, and uh, you know, I have the Garmin Phoenix 5X Plus, and I've got the Aura Ring. I used to have a few other things, but I knew that part you just touched on. I knew well enough to know that for me, I don't want that to become the reason why I feel like I did not sleep well or that I felt like I slept well. I won't usually check mine until later in the day when I've already, I've done my things, I've done this and that. Um, and it's like, you know, like in the middle of the day when I happen to look at my app and go, oh, oh, interesting. You know what? This actually correlates to how I felt or hmm, that's right. Weird. Like I, I felt like I slept way better than what my app is telling me. Like it is what it is. Um, but what about this? I'll play um, devil's advocate or the unhealthy advocate, or we could call it the troll. I'll play troll here. Um, what do you say to the person that's like, dude, I, I sleep very well. I've always slept very well. Um, you know, I, I don't keep it cold in my room. I leave the windows wide open. Uh, I use my phone sometimes or computer before going to bed and I sleep perfectly fine. I want to work on other parts of health because I like, you know, what you speak about on other, everything else, but I sleep very well. What, it, what do you say to, to that person? Uh, well, uh, I, sh- I show them the, the, you know, it'd be subtle ways that we would, that we would, uh, help impact the sleep and it would be non-direct ways. And, um, yeah, we would focus on, you know, always whatever the client wants to work on, that's what we're going to work on. So yeah, if they like the breathing techniques and the meditations or, uh, some of these other practices or the reflective pieces or the movement pieces or the Tai Chi and the yoga and all these different things that I incorporate, uh, but I personalize for the individual, um, if that's what they want to do, then that's what we're going to focus on for sure. And what I will have them still do though, is still keep track and, and bring more awareness to their sleep. That's, that's the thing is just like, okay, you sleep great. I, I want you to start journaling every day you wake up. You know, if you sleep so great, then when you wake up journal, how great you slept right. every single day. You know, and show me that that's, you know, that is a consistent thing because, you know, we tell ourselves these stories sometimes and we have these narratives and it might be that he's sleeping great three times a week. Right. But because he's sleeping great three times a week, he thinks that that means he's sleeping great all the time. And he won't notice that until he brings more awareness to it or she. Um, so it will be it'd be subtle, subtle things. And. All the other stuff is going to help his or her sleep. All the other things are going to help impact it. Um, yeah, that's that's I, the reason why I do like um, 
throwing in every once in a while, if necessary, throwing in the wearables because, you know, it's it, what I've learned, at least when I'm faced with this question, because I either get this directly from clients or I get it from people online like, okay, you're always talking about sleep, but I sleep well. It's like sometimes we don't realize what good sleep is until we get good sleep, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And so yeah. what becomes normal, because we as humans are very good at, at adapting, right? So we have, have adapted to the sleep that we get, right? And then when we find ways to improve it, like some people just don't want to improve it because they probably know that it's going to end up being better and they're going to miss out on that or whatever. And they're going to be forced to work on it. But I kind of, I like to think of it like test, don't guess. You know, there's this, um, there's this, uh, this company that I've been doing some work with lately called Upgraded Formulas. And they, they do this hair analysis uh, for heavy metal toxicity and a bunch of other like mineral and vitamin deficiencies in the body and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I will, I'm one to like poke and prick on myself to like to, to test these things because one, it's, it gives me a good baseline. It also helps me to break down these things for podcasts and to help my clients. Ultimately, that's the ultimate goal is to, to help myself, help my clients and help those that are around me in a positive way. Right. And so if that means my giving you as a client, you know, a, a whoop band or an aura ring for a week or whatever, just to kind of see, okay, you sleep great. That's good. What if all the things that we do outside of improving your sleep, what if it also improves your sleep? Would you want to sleep better? Right? Because Mm-hmm. It's like, that's fine that you're trying to pass off the whole sleep conversation because it's not sexy. It's not sexy to talk about quality sleep, right? But like, hey, what if doing this Tai Chi or this yoga or this meditation or whatever, what if that were to improve the quality of your good sleep? Would you go for that? Mm-hmm. And I almost never hear a person say no. So I just, I wanted to see kind of what your thoughts were on that. And uh, and I think you you nailed it. So it's it's expected (laughs) yeah it's it's you know it's it's also um you know okay so a good example is that always 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 we must be humble and what i will what i will say to that is like you want to know who the best in the world are the best in the world are the most humble people in the world because what they recognize Take an athlete, for example. I mean, you have this guy, LeBron James, six foot nine, 260 pounds. He would do everything on the basketball court. And he has a guy half his size teaching him basketball. How does that make any sense? This is the greatest basketball player on the planet. One of them. And yet, well, yeah, okay, <laughs> one of them. I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of him, so uh, she's just a great example. Yeah, And he is humble enough to take advice on X, Y, and Z from someone who never accomplished one-tenth or one-one-hundredth of what he did on the basketball court, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, if someone has a lesson to teach you, but you're too arrogant and too full filled with ego to see the lesson, you know, that's, that's to your own detriment. And that's the, well, you know, so. they, 
you know, it's, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo as a coach teaching him soccer skills that the coach probably can't even pull off, you well know, said, and, and it's, yeah, and it's just a humble approach. I think this is a very good um, point or reason to, to surround yourself with the best. Right. If you you know, what is that expression? If you if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to leave the room. Right. Or, you know, find another room. I I think that's a very good point because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are experts in in many different things. And so the more people you can have around you, I think the better we we are in totality. So, um, dude, this is this is a, a great conversation and it's very easy. I mean, obviously, Every time you and I get together, we, we are able to talk, you know, and be very deep. Um, and I kind of want to I want to leave some some um, interest or excitement for for other conversations in the future. Hopefully we can get together and do more of these. But um, as we start to wrap up, like I, I know there I want to give you the opportunity to kind of talk about what you have in store for the future, some of the programs that you do and things like that. And then we'll finish with my usual questions when I have guests on the show. So um, why don't you tell some of the people that uh, about what you're doing as far as like your programs and how it works and and uh, how we can get people involved. So I'm set to release uh, this online course that I created. It's a six week, six step um, sleep mastery course. Uh, within it, we focus first on the intention, which grounds you. And helps you bring bring you into that uh, present moment to go fully into reflective and also look into the future and devise a sort of rhythm for that heartbeat from which you can connect to at any time that you feel anxious or stressed or over overstimulated or struggling to fall asleep. So it's a good place to start. Um, and then we go into education on the sleep cycles, education on the hormones on the circadian rhythm and really break it down uh, based on evolution. We bring in evolutionary theories that helped design how our bodies are meant to sleep. And then after that, we go into detoxifying the body and then more reflective uh, points. And, uh, and then we do some meditation and some breath work and really uh, focusing on activating the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and grounding us as all of all these different practices are essentially to bring us back into our bodies. And uh, so that's the program and I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'll be releasing it soon. So stay tuned. Um, Amazing. And my, my website is liveplena.com. And so on there. How is it? What, just, what is, what is that website again? Liveplena. So L I V E P L E N A.com. P L and, uh, P L E as in uh and as in electric. Okay. Uh, N is in Nancy, uh A is in Apple. I like um, I like to I like to ask those questions because that just gives more opportunity to emblazon the, the name into people's brains, right? So live plena as in plentiful, right? Or I, I would assume Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's actually Latin for holistic. That's cool. Liveplena.com. Dot com. Okay. All right. Um, amazing. So obviously we're going to, we're going to tag your Instagram and, 
and and any other you know give out anything in the uh, the show notes or in the description when we post on the on the social media. But um, one thing that I or a couple things I always like to ask when I have a guest on the show is. Uh, let me know two things that you find to be a pet peeve, and and then I always like to finish on a positive note and ask my guest what is something you're grateful for, and that can be in any domain, in just anything that comes to mind. So let's let's hear it. So I think I already touched on the pet one of the pet peeves, and that is uh, arrogance. Okay, good. Or uh, yeah, you know, just always be willing to listen. You know, I've talked and connected with. Are you? Um, uh, with a lot of people and not all of them taught me anything, but, uh, I was willing to sit there and learn. And I think that that's, you know, take the time to learn. And, um, and then another pet peeve, um, you know, I don't really have, uh, I mean, you know, self self-limiting beliefs uh you know people people thinking that uh they're not ready you know and and it's kind of selling themselves that story it's a good one that you know uh i'll be like it's and it's it's common in the healing space i think in you know the healing practitioner space because there's so many people out there with so many gifts and so much power that because they're almost coddled through their education and they're like, Oh, well, you know, you're a yoga teacher, but you're not going to, you're not going to know if you're ready to teach until you know, you know, or you're, you're a healer, but you're not, you're, you're only going to be ready when you know you're ready. And it's like, why do we do that to ourselves? Even in the healing space, people that have all this, they've gone through personal transformation and have armed themselves with tools and knowledge to help others. And yet they're kind of just waiting for like a sign to get going and get moving. And you can be waiting for 10 years. You could be waiting for 15, you know, if you're waiting for a sign, you know, you're going to be waiting a long time. So yeah, that's another um, thing that I think keeps people from achieving as much as they can. And then, um, grateful, grateful for friendship and collaboration and human connectedness. You know, we're just, uh, it's, it's such a beautiful thing, um, to be able to connect with you and people like you and people like me and people in this space and, and, uh, and just come from the heart and want to help people. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. That's beautiful, man. Very, very well put. And again, I, I'm, I'm excited that we finally got a chance to do this. Um, I, I think people will definitely get a lot of value from listening to this. And um, I would encourage many of my listeners and, and followers to, to definitely give Patrick D. Nicola, uh, a, a follow and, and check out what he's doing and be on the lookout for the, the program that he's going to be releasing soon, which is going to be exciting. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm happy for you. Um, and what, what is your Instagram or what is your, your best way to find you on social media? Yeah. So Instagram is Pat Zensley. And then what is that? P-A-T- again? Yeah. P-A-T-C-E-N sleep. So, uh, 
kind of almost like Pat Ben, but Pat Zen. <laughs> okay. All right. And, Pat, uh, Pat Zen Sleep. Yep. Pat Zen Sleep is my Instagram handle. And then, yeah, my website. Um, and then I'm on a few other things. I have a YouTube channel I just started. I think you just search Patrick DiNicola and it'll come up. Although I'm not, I'm new to YouTube, so I don't know. <laughs> all right cool man well uh we'll definitely get you all tagged up and um and i really look forward to getting this out there and um yeah thanks for your time as always um it's it's been a pleasure chatting with you and uh hopefully we get you on the show at some point in the near future all right brother i appreciate your time and for having me on and thank you everyone listening and uh yeah we'll we'll talk soon for sure All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening up to this point and stay tuned as we get some more awesome guests on the show and uh, and and stay tuned as I start to give even more awesome information live from my my new digs in Beverly Hills. (laughs) All right. Until next time, everybody. Bye bye.